as a kid, I'd certainly never at that point been close to death. The sneaky thing about real hypothermia is that it's pretty comforting and you want to go to sleep and kind of shut down. From Outside Magazine, this is The Daily Rally. Short stories of resilience in the face of big challenges and unexpected adventures. Today, an actor recalls the childhood ritual that helped him connect to his family and the world around him. After this. A warning for listeners. Today's episode discusses suicide. My name is Christopher Redmond. I'm 43 years old, and I'm called Bra and Dude and Chrissy by my seven-year-old son. Professionally, I am an actor and have been making a living acting since I was 12 years old. I grew up about an hour and a half north of Toronto. My siblings and I, would the doors would open and we would be out in the fields and in the forests and in the river. I knew the branches I could swing on and I knew the stumps where the raccoon bones were hidden in holes. And um, it was a very magical place to grow up. Back in the 80s, we would get really, really deep snow. And in the field behind the house, in the wintertime, I would go out by myself and dig a little hole and all bundled up, put myself in it and cover myself up with a little bit of the loose snow and wait for the wind until I could look down and not recognize where I was. I was as smooth and as pillowy as the rest of the field, and I was sort of absorbing myself in, in the snow to a point where only my face was sticking out. I really felt in nature, that I was fully a part of it. I really felt wild. And then things uh, changed. When I was seven or eight, I was very, very small, super, super skinny. And growing up in Canada, everybody played hockey and I just couldn't participate. Playgrounds were like prison yards. I was bullied a lot at school and I got physically beat up a lot. So going to school became sort of a daily terror. And I turned inward and stopped playing outside as much, read books, and became very lonely. I have three younger siblings, my two brothers and a younger sister. And around that time, both of my parents had to work and I was sort of put in charge of looking after them after school, which turned into another just point of great anxiety and loneliness for me because I didn't feel like I could relate to anyone else about the responsibility I felt to make sure everyone was okay and kept it to myself. Around the same time that this was all happening, I would have what I now understand to be night terrors, I guess is what they call them, but they're full hallucinogenic experiences. And the scale and craziness of what I was looking at terrified me and paralyzed me. On my, my eighth birthday, my mom gave me a diary. Maybe she recognized that I had some thoughts I needed to get down. And the cover was Garfield, naturally, and it had a little lock on it. And in the cover, she wrote, always be true to yourself. And so I thought, okay, I will be. And so I filled it with suicidal writings. 
saying things like, I thought everyone would be better off without me. I'm not capable to handle school or my brothers. And I remember writing in my diary about a trip to England for my grandfather's funeral. And it was an open casket. I looked inside and my dad had asked me if I wanted to touch my dead grandfather's hand, and I did. It felt very cold and strange, but he also looked so serene and relaxed and carefree that it wasn't scary to me, and in fact, it kind of looked good. I was uh, really spiraling pretty bad for a young kid like that, and uh, yeah, nothing, nothing was helping. So ending winter break meant going back to the last half of fifth grade, which I don't think I felt like I could handle. One night there was a big, big snowstorm and the sun went down early and my mom started making dinner and I thought, I'm going to go do my little trench outside in the snow. I don't think I had gone out to do that in two or three years. There is something to be said for Canadian cold, which feels very different, especially out in the open plains where it can drop to minus 30 and the hairs in your nose freeze instantly and your eyelashes crystallize. And I had heard about lost people in the wintertime and how it was perhaps a peaceful way to die. I bundled up, um, full scarf, hat and everything, walked way out to the far end of the field, as far as I could, which ended sort of at a river. And it was really, really windy. And I dug my trench and got in and piled up the snow and tucked it all the way around my face and waited for the wind to blow. I lay there for a while, longer than I usually had. I was getting tired and sleepy. Looking back, I was probably suffering from hypothermia at this point because I decided I would close my eyes and go to sleep. And I did, and thought, I'll just let the snow then cover my face and I'll be here all winter and no one will ever know and they'll find me in the spring. However, there was a huge thunder sound which shocked me awake and scared me. and I thought it was wolves growling. I think now it's probably the river ice shifting, which would make very strange, surreal noises at night. And I sat up and could see myself sort of from a third person point of view, sitting in the middle of the snow with my woods and my river and the dark sky and, and the blowing snow around me. That felt like he was just telling me to get up and go back to my house. I had to wake up and I had to go home. And I felt like being lifted out of the snow and put on my feet and understood very clearly that I was actually a part of something in the same way that I felt uh, when I was much younger. That I was a part of this big nature, this universe, and that I was also supported by those things. And I wasn't a child alone but I was a wild animal attached to this much larger world, and it was going to be okay. And so I ran, I ran up the hill again and went inside and took off my snow gear and cried and cried and cried and pulled myself together and went upstairs to my mom's spaghetti and my brother's arguing and the warmth of my house and my family. 
And after that night, I felt like I, I would never really be alone again, that I was part of a much larger organism. And my anxieties literally stopped. It went away. I had gained a new appreciation for my family and the, the love that they were constantly providing for me. I was nervous about going to school, but I felt renewed in myself in a way. And I just felt better. And I stopped having the dreams too. I never had another one. It's like it, it, it opened a new fold in my brain, the understanding that I'm a part of nature. Like I'm not a separate thing. It was for a non-religious person, a very religious experience. If you or someone you know is struggling or in crisis, help is available. Call or text 988 or chat at 988lifeline.org. Christopher Redman is an artist and actor currently appearing in The Old Man on FX, Alaska Daily on ABC, and The Watchful Eye on Hulu. He lives in Los Angeles with his wife and son. You can follow Christopher on Instagram at redcrumbs. That's R-E-D-C-R-U-M-B-S. This story was produced by Sarah Fuss Kessler. We want to hear your stories. Please nominate the people in your life who found a way to rally. Go to outsideonline.com slash daily rally, where you can also see photos of many of our guests. The Daily Rally was created for Outside by me, Kat Jaffe, and House of Pod. The executive producer for Outside is Michael Roberts. Additional production and script editing by Marin Larson. Our audio editors are Kevin Seaman and Benny Beausoleil. And our music is composed by Louis Weeks. We appreciate our Outside Plus members who make this show possible. If you're not already a member, you can join us at outsideonline.com slash pod plus. Thank you for listening.